Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Jessica and Georgia and all their friends. You never know how the story's gonna end. Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Storytelling Saves the World, a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making into your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Pack, and once again, I'm here with my fabulous storytelling partner in crime, Georgia Trelahi. Greetings and salutations. I feel like we blanked in it. It's May. Like, where did the school year go? I don't know, but word on the street is there is exactly 21 instructional days left. Not that anybody's counting, but uh, the kids might be and maybe me too. (laughs) Well, um, elementary school, it's all about the ABC countdown. So we start 26 days before school is out. And so today was E-Day for exercise. So you wear it like yesterday was Disney Day and you wear your Disney whatever's. Um, so yeah, we're elementary school, we count down hard, man. There's costumes and props and everything. I can get behind exercise day. That sounds like laps around the bike rack or something. Like yes. let's bring that behavior under control. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we been doing? Oh my God. We've been doing so much fun stuff. Like I just, this time of year is my favorite, even, you know, not necessarily anything to do with getting out of school, but more to do with how close we're getting to the ISTE live conference in Philadelphia. Um, We've been planning our sessions and setting up a whole big schedule of stuff, all kinds of goodness to do. With not a lot of time like left to like get out there. So we've been lucky to be um, able to be recording podcasts for ITSD on the ITSD Edge and talking to educators from all over the world about all kinds of fun topics. Um, so if you have a chance to check that out, check out the ITSD Edge, but we're going to get to record while we're in Philly, several episodes, which will be fun and see what kind of people we can pull in to talk with us for a little bit. Well, and let's be real, like the ISTE Edge is super legit. We've got producer Matt, who makes everyone sound real good. And uh, it's a little more organized. I feel like we're the garage band version. Oh, oh this, of, yes. Like Absolutely. super shiny producer Matt. Yeah, <laughs> no, without a doubt. But that's okay. You know, the garage is where like ideas are born. So I'm cool with having our garage band thing. And then we can go to the big thing with producers and real sound equipment and all that kind of stuff. Well, and like Nirvana, no doubt. Like that's a lot of really great garage band music. Everybody started in their garage. Oh my gosh. I think I just dated myself. Like (laughs) Nirvana. (laughs) Okay. I was kids are wearing those shirts again. I'm like, is this 1992? Like, I am very confused when I walk on campus (laughs) these days. It's got to be parents buying them for their kids. You know, here, I love this band. You got to listen to them. And I think sometimes that's why it comes back. Or their songs are in movies, like kid movies. And then they're like, oh, well, I remember an ELO song, um, Mr. Blue Sky. Uh, My fifth graders love that song. Like, how do you even know this song? And they're like, oh, it's in this, I don't know, Super Mario Brothers movie or something from several years ago. And I was like, oh, that's why. But it's super cool because like you vibe with the same music because it's circled back into their their atmosphere again. Oh, my goodness. You're probably totally right. My kids today were singing Britney Spears. And I'm like, that is a whole other 
generation from you. Like that was my people in the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't really understand how you even know that, but all right. Hey, break it down. (laughs) But we've also done some other cool stuff. We are featured in the We Video Lesson Library. So if listeners, you have a subscription to We Video, you have access now to a lesson idea library in the teacher classroom side of things. That was super fun. That Yeah, it was really fun to finally have that rollout because we had worked so hard for months creating them and getting them in there and then to have them go live. Um, it's very cool. And I think for teachers, it's great to go in and look at different lesson ideas. You don't have to create something from nothing. There's a whole bunch of ideas in there with templates and um, directions and tips, you know, what to think about, like. Stephanie was saying what Jessica and I talk about in our classes is, you know, record your voiceover first. And but there's all those kinds of tips in there to help your experience be a little more streamlined. So that's a super exciting thing. And then we've also been doing professional development for our district around movie making and UDL and Edu protocols. So that's been fun, too. I feel like we'll sleep in the summer at some point. Because there's not a whole lot of that going on at this point. We definitely have our fingers in a lot of different pots. We do have them in a lot of pots. But, you know, what else would we be doing? I mean, like, you only can watch so much Netflix. <laughs> so It is true. And I think we're both addicted to the creative flow. So yes. we are a big fan of and, just and the chaos, up cool stuff. The chaos that the creative flow creates, I think we're a little addicted to that. We won't tell anybody, but yeah. For sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, listeners, in case you're a new listener, um, Georgia and I bring a range of experiences to the show. I have been teaching middle school for the last 18 years, and my book, Movie Making in the Classroom, is published by ISTE Books. I'm also a California Teacher of the Year and an ISTE Community Leader. And I have 34 years of classroom experience. Um, I'm at the elementary level. Yes, I started teaching using a film strip projector. And if you're a youngin, you can Google that. I am currently a TK5 uh, instructional coach and also an ITSTE community leader. Jessica and I, we've both been using digital storytelling in our classrooms for what, like about 25 years combined. Oh my gosh, such a long time, but it is so fun doing that work of storytelling, creativity, evangelism. Georgia used that phrase in a meeting this morning and listeners, I love it. I'm pretty sure we need to put it on a t-shirt or some bumper stickers, buttons, bulletin boards, skywriting, anything, but storytelling, creativity, evangelism. I love it. I love it too. Maybe those fans we used to get at camp meeting in the summer, you know, that we could, yes, I, I love that skywriting. That will be our next, that'll be the next way we do it. But I love it. Yes. Storytelling, creativity, evangelism. That is what we're all about. And speaking of evangelism and creativity, we've really been deep in the UDL world with what we've been doing in our district. So we're really excited for our guest today. What what I love about integrating UDL and movie making is that it promotes equity, inclusivity, and diverse perspectives. I'm excited for our guest today as she has seen firsthand how movie making and UDL can be incorporated into a special education classroom. Yes. So welcome and thank you for joining us to my colleague, Stephanie Schoenfeld. Thank you for being here on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. 
Uh, would you mind giving us kind of the Netflix pitch version of how you came to movie making and the context of where you or rather we are working? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, PDs come up all the time in our profession, right? You're like, oh, sign up for this, sign up for that. Um, I'm a movie girl. My grandpa worked on MGM Grand Studio lot. And um, so I grew up going there after getting out of school, worked in a video store. Yeah, that dinosaur growing up. Blockbuster. I was actually a local Video Depot store. <laughs> Being my desert self girl. Um and then now as a teacher of mild to moderate special education, um, I found an opportunity to marry two of my passions. And I thought, that's amazing. And went to your guys's professional development and you broke it down so wonderfully and made it so accessible. There were sentence frames and scripts built in. And I immediately knew this is something my kids can access. And not only can they access this, but they can demonstrate knowledge because we often will go around the room uh, with SEL or different sort of storytelling, just sort of going around and doing the tell a little bit of the story now, hand it off to somebody else in a game of silent ball. So it's already practiced in them to be able to pull from their imagination. And it's something that they love to do. Getting my kids to write down a sentence is heartbreaking and um, a little like rustling feral cats, you know? Uh, so any time that I can get them to do something that is already what they want to do or something new to them or they know it, it's just a little more gamified and tech savvy and they can demonstrate it orally rather than written it's up their alley so it was um kind of an answer to that like unspoken prayer just to be able to bring that back into the classroom um i think one of my favorite parts is that it forces the kids into self-reflection because when they watch their video as they're making it i'm not having to give them feedback they are immediately reflecting and self-correcting. And I didn't even have to nag them. <laughs> and I loved that. That's a beautiful so thing. And I love how, you know, like as you're speaking, it's hitting all the points of UDL because, yes. you know, not only that different way to represent your thinking, but also that self-reflection and being able to self-reflect reflect in the executive function, which is what has excited Jessica and I so much about movie making even more in the last year is how it dovetails so nicely with UDL. And also for our kiddos that are, especially our kids that do not already or intuitively have that peer-to-peer -peer connection, they seemed perfectly comfortable to tell a story in a way that was personal to themselves but then watching them see other kids connect with it brought them out of their shells in a way I, I've been trying all year to accomplish. And I didn't actually put in any effort. I just watched them see other kids connect and give feedback to something. And I think that was very impactful for our kiddos that um, 
that are on the spectrum and have a difficult time reaching out to kids and just being proud of what they did and having a conversation starter and actually speaking and engaging so much more in, in the classroom and the things that we do and now working in peer-to-peer, those small groups, there's so much more to offer. And they know that they've got stuff to offer and their peers know that they have stuff to offer that's really um, relevant. And it's it's been magical to watch. I love what you're talking about because I feel like there's so much maybe pressure that we put on ourselves as teachers or misconceptions that we might have, or maybe we just don't know better, but it's like there's this impulse with the higher the need that a student has, the tighter we want to hold the reins and like make it all about us and direct instruction that's coming from me, the teacher, because I can do the thinking and I know what you're supposed to know. And if you would just sit and listen, you would get it too. (laughs) And I like that you're talking about, you know, that student-centered environment where they really are the ones in charge of their learning, no matter what needs they might have. Yeah, and especially if you are able to sit back and it's not as though we're not putting in the work or the effort, let's let's not be unrealistic. Setting up these things and foreshadowing and foreseeing all the stuff that can go wrong, the supports that need to happen. So you're still putting in all the work, but when it's all said and done and handed over to them, uh, once they really learn the system of storytelling, it becomes all about them and you're able to like gradual release goes from gradual, 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 then they take off running and you're like, okay, bye. Have a great time with that. And that's been, uh, that has been really neat. And it did take the pressure off me. Cause like you said, you can like tighter grip on that and really, really like, not to go Princess Leia, but I am a huge Star Wars person, where she's like, the tighter you put a grip on the star system, the more will slip through your fingers. And it's like that with teachers, where the more we try to control the atmosphere, instead of create a culture that the kids want to control, the harder it is for us, and we're working against them. So uh, storytelling and bringing the UDL and into the room and into the classroom just allowed for that setup and let them take the control. And I love that you're talking kind of at that journey from teacher sage on the stage to teacher as facilitator. And, you know, I don't want anyone to ever think that being teacher as facilitator is less work. It's different work. And, but it's very powerful. And I think more impactful for students Um, if we can get to that point, because as you say, when you let them go and they're having autonomy and how they are creating their projects, um, the engagement just goes through the roof. Yeah. And because you're doing all the work in the background, you're like, I still put in so much effort and it's kind of interesting. They don't really see that, but you've got more buy-in from the students because they're sitting here going, well, I'm doing all the effort. And yes, you are. You 100% are. It sets the stage for them to put in the effort, be proud of their effort, and finally hit those intrinsic motivators that we as teachers just want to sit back and watch. So would you be able to share with us one of the movie-making projects that you and your kiddos have undertaken? Absolutely. Uh, So I'm, of course, most proud of our MLK videos. 
the kids really loved it. And I did that one thing you're never supposed to do. I totally forgot that my final observation was the day that I introduced it. Now we had already front loaded a, a lot of the we video process. Uh, we did a couple of those uh, four screenshots and the create a meme. So that had something we'd all done whole group together. <laughs> I was really scared for a second when I'm like, oh, I have to introduce something brand new. Uh, and here's the here's the <laughs> assistant principal watching it all happen uh but the kids really loved it and it was set up for the in my time um and those sentence frames fit so perfectly and our my kids had already been doing the research on martin luther king and had already talked about in groups the different things so we broke it down into um what was the history of martin luther king what was his, uh, what were his challenges and accomplishments during his time? And that was the legacy he left behind. And it fits so well with that uh, script that was already built for us in the UDL professional development. We plugged it in um, and I was so grateful for the hint of start with recording your voices because that's what we did we had kids that needed to fine-tune some stuff and we did let some kids start picking the audio and the background music in another group and we did it in a rotational teaching and then it would take kids out to go and record um and as soon as they started watching their feedback and listening to themselves at first it was a little you know we nobody likes listening to themselves well, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound right. So I've like had audio people say the reason is the way you hear it in your head is different than what it sounds like recorded and out in the world. And so yeah. when kids first hear their voice, they're like, that's not me or that's awful. So that's really the way you sound. And we yeah. just have to get yeah. used to it. But the cochlear echo in our own head is very different than when we right. hear ourselves. So they, they got used to that. And then they saw the first bit of uh, the pictures that they used and the script that they wrote and the music in the background and how it started to come together. And the editing process was just amazing. And by the end of it, the kids were like more bought into the story of Martin Luther King. And it made just before we went out for that three-day weekend that everybody pays no mind to, they were coming back on Tuesday to say, oh, I saw this on Netflix, or this was in the news article, or did you know they were doing this at, you know, whatever community event? And I'm like, so you paid attention to something completely outside of yourself. You inspired yourself on a three-day weekend, which I'm like, it's it's nothing short of miraculous if you can get a middle schooler to think about something other than themselves. Um, and the fact that they still remembered pieces from other students' work was also very amazing. And I don't think they, they realized they could pull it off. And when they did, um, it set a new tone coming back from winter break and that second half of the year, which was... Um, 
really refreshing because that's normally the time where you take the down turn and yeah, it really set a tone for achieving it and that last part of this year. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, for listeners, the project template that Stephanie's referring to is called the In My Time template. And you can find it at a bit.ly link that George and I have used to present with before. It's bit.ly slash storytelling world. So you can find the template there if you want to try it in your classroom. And we'll also put it on the show notes. Yay. So storytellingsavestheworld.com. That would be a place to find some of these um, resources. And maybe we could post a student sample there, Stephanie, from one of your classes. Oh, you should. Yeah, use one of the two I shared with you. Those were fantastic. Sounds good. That's that's awesome. Um, Stephanie, what would you say to a teacher that hasn't tried movie making yet? Maybe they're a bit scared or skeptical, like to take the plunge. Uh, the first thing I would tell them is your kids are digital native. Even if you're not, they are. The things that you are maybe a little shy to begin with are the things that your students want to access. And we need to teach to our students' needs and we need to teach to our students' interests. And when you actually dive into it, uh, because I am probably one of the most learning challenged people, and I think the very first time I accessed it, I was going a little crazy. And by the end of what the second hour, I'm like, yeah, I got, I got this. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a movie maker. <laughs> so it's nowhere near as scary as you think. And uh, the end results from your students that want to do this uh, more than worth most of your efforts that you're putting in. And you're going to find out that your effort was really very little. But I think it's fantastic. Because, you know, even though you're in the sped world, it, it, all of the things you're saying apply to gen ed as well. Like it's super like egalitarian for everyone. And I do love, I love the fact that it's kind of changed the community in your classroom, which probably is even a harder place to build community in middle school. Cause I know from Jessica's stories, middle school is already difficult. And then you <laughs> add the extra layer of just having other challenges um, you've got to have some real tricks up your sleeve to help break down their barriers. I think my favorite thing about the special education world is you do have so many children with so many different settings, so to speak. Uh, and every day you're coming in here and going, hey, who's going to set off who with what? Uh, and then how do I get to, how do we get to creatively pull that back together? But we do spend a lot of time. Um, my first two weeks of the year, I spend more time setting up the expectations of the room and, uh, working on SEL and they don't know that it's SEL. And my favorite thing to do is ninja teach, which, is a term I, I think I coined. I Maybe I heard it somewhere and I'm just plagiarizing and don't even remember. It happens. We want to you in. Nice. Uh, I love to get my kids to work without them realizing that they're working. I, I mean, that's really the key to, to pulling the most out of them. 
Uh, and to take it back to movie making, it, it is a lot of work and effort put into that. And they don't realize they're working. I mean, the fact that they go back and edit uh, because they were like, ooh, that timing was off. And they'll have another student watch it. Like, I didn't tell you to peer to peer that thing out. You just did that. You needed another set of eyes on that. How many times do our kiddos come back to us and we're like, hey, before you ask your teacher, let's get another set of eyes. Let's go ask another student. It's like pulling teeth. They're like, oh, I did. I'm like, you did not. <laughs> this one, you don't have to give them that direction. They want to know. They know their peers are going to see this. So they're already asking their peers, the one that they trust before like the whole group and getting the feedback on that. So yeah, I love this. This this opened up the smaller community into the larger community. And a lot of it was like ninja teaching. So I, I love that. That's that. my new favorite thing, the ninja teacher. <laughs> I think you're going to have to create a little video about that. You know, I already hear the music in my head, but I like what you're <laughs> saying about them seeking out peers because- you know, in movie making, they really are experts in consumption, you think, by oh, yeah. this age. So, I mean, it is easy to choose anyone in the room to come watch it because they know about timing. They know all these things, even if they don't know, you know, oh, the music's too long. Oh, those words are going too, too long. They know it even without taking a class. It's deeply in them. And I think oh, that's yeah. probably empowering that, oh, I'm an expert on this and I didn't even know I was an expert. Well, and that everybody now wants to be a content creator. And that's really how I sold it to them. That's how I introduced it to them. I'm like, we are going to create content, you guys. You're going to be content creators by the time we're done here. And they do know because they're consuming and because they can actually, it's funny how intently uh, their creators, the content creator will watch the other student watching their <laughs> your work and they'll be like waiting for them looking over their shoulder like they've already kind of seen it and they're like is it too loud Does the words go like this Did they're, and they're like watching their faces to see the reaction and so much is happening and I'm like I wish I could get you to pay this close attention to anything else anything else truth well, and I think from an instructional design standpoint, when your instructional arc dead ends at like a graphic organizer or a yeah. worksheet or something very like, you know, I, gosh, what word am I looking for? Not benign, but like something very unexciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you. Like I'm trying we to. We don't want to say boring. Oh, I'll say. Innocuous, maybe. <laughs> You know, it's it's very innocuous to them. It, it there's nothing, no flair, no. You well, know. It has it has no connection to their life. Yes, right. and you know, Jessica, um, I know one of her favorite books is Daniel Pink's Drive, where they talk about mastery, autonomy, and purpose. And if a kiddo doesn't have any of that, like with the worksheet, you are going to dead end because, like, what purpose does this have in my life? But the content creating that sucks them in. It, yeah. And they're like, look what I did. I created something. And I think like we're trying to do a lot more of that. You you look at a lot of the edge of protocols when we're we're putting in thin slides and iron chefs and even like the one pagers where if if our students can create something for themselves and sit back and look at it, 
even the students that are like, I'm a terrible artist. I'm like, but are you though? Like, are you? Have you met Canva? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> look at this, it does it for you. And I, one of my favorite things to do when my kids go, I'm a terrible artist. I'm like, I bet I got, I bet I'm worse. And I will do it right now in front of the whole class and demonstrate I'm worse than you. You will feel less embarrassed after you see my stick figure friend. <laughs> Have you been able to share some of the videos with parents? Um, so we did have the kids share them at home. Some of them did. And a lot of the parents were like, really amazed. Um, for, you know, for the parents that are involved and that are there and, the, you know, there were still some parents that I have, I honestly have been trying to chase down because I want them to see it. And we still haven't had the opportunity. And I think it's really important for, um, some parents to see just what their kiddos do. And, and, and I especially and I was just gonna say because for those kiddos, a lot of times the parents really haven't experienced a lot of success with their kids. Yes. That's why I was thinking mm -hmm. like if you can share with parents, I'm sure they'd be blown away at what they're able to create. Yeah. Uh one of the things I did use um not for the parents, but I really wanted to bring it back to the kids before we started uh, SBAC testing because my kids really struggle with SBAC. And I think one of the hardest things uh, to prepare them for is at the beginning of the year, I, I mean, I tell all my kiddos within those first two weeks when we're getting to really know each other, I'm like, Mrs. Shenfield will be here for you no matter what, anything you need. Like, I am here. I do a lot to let them know that I am your biggest cheerleader. I, I am here for you with everything that you need. Um, and then right before we go into SBAC, I have to prepare them that you guys are very used to asking me for help. I cannot help you. And it's always a little bit of, of a heartbreak for us. And one of the things I did um, before SBAC testing is I kind of did a little recording for the kids of all the things that are amazing and great and wonderful about them. And I used a lot of the, of the videos that we created um, or like one of my kids, I'm like, you had the funniest meme in the room and everybody knew it when we created the meme, like, this is who you are. You're the king of one-liners and brought them back to what they had done and had created. And I know that that was a big, um, big thing I pointed to, I think for every single student, because that's when they finally hit their stride. What a great idea. That is a really good idea. I'm just like listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, if I had a kiddo, I would want them in your class. For <laughs> oh. so great. Well, because it's all about relationships, right? And we talk a lot about how storytelling is part of the human experience and we're primed mm -hmm. for story and primed to be able to relate to each other that way. And I think that's a great a great thing to weave into the fabric of, of your classroom and how you work with kids. Yeah, I think especially for the special education kiddos, there is a big story to tell in their lives and in inside of them. And one thing they usually hate is writing. And so they don't get their story out there. So a, a allowing them a place in a format to actually tell their story gives them a sense of 
just validity and and worth that they probably didn't know before. So it's it, it's made a bigger impact than I think I was fully prepared for going into it. I, I thought this is going to be fun. And then I was like, this is kind of magical. <laughs> I work. Our work here is done, Jessica. Yes. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the perfect ending line, Miss Stephanie Shambell. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with us about your classroom. Um, this has been a really great conversation and very heartwarming. Like, I feel warm oh. right here in the heart region. <laughs> Thanks. Well, would you be game to play a few games with us, maybe? I'm all about the games. Let's do it. All right. All right. Oh my goodness. Tell me when the timer's going, Jessica. All right, we've got our timer and we are gonna go now. Stephanie, what is your go-to drink or activity after a long day in the classroom? Oh, easy. I love myself a martini, Hendrix gin, and with a twist. What is your superpower? Um, autism spectrum disorder. <laughs> what is your favorite project this school year? It had to have been, uh, it's not the MLK in my time video, but it was the meme project. Watching my kids make the memes. Loved it. And was there a biggest movie making fail yet? Like some unexpected pitfall? Uh, the biggest movie making fail, honestly, it was just absences. Sometimes that kind of derails things if you're doing groups and absences. So we had to retool stuff. And final thing, something you're looking forward to this summer. Uh, my son, my baby is turning 18. <gasps> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Did we make it, Jessica? Uh, we were like 102, so I'm gonna count that as a win. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially because we're the kind of girls and this is the kind of show where sometimes it's like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time, if we're ready, for Storymatic. So we are going to tell a story in one minute. And I have my beautiful green cards here. And I, I am going to pick without looking. You guys can keep me honest. So Stephanie, because you're our guest, you will get the first pick. You are going to tell the middle part of the story. Okay, okay. Middle part of the story. The arc. The arc. Jessica, you are going to tell the end of the story. Oh, that's the hardest one. That's the clincher. Yeah. <laughs> and I am left with the beginning of the story. So my two Storymatic cards that I have pulled are a person who doesn't get the hint and the first day on the job. For person who doesn't get a hint, first day on the job, our total time for the story is a minute. So being able to do math, that's 20 seconds apiece. And Jessica, you can. I'm, I'm getting in there. You're getting, okay. Right. I'm Okay. Are we ready? Person <laughs> who doesn't. Ready. Okay. Person who, first day on the job, person oh. who doesn't get a hint. Okay, sorry. Okay. And go. Lola was very excited because this was going to be the very first day of her job as a receptionist at a movie company. And she walked in with confidence and her best outfit and she found the head of HR 
introduced yourself again and said, hi, I am here to work for your company. I'm the head of HR, got Lola right to work and said, you're gonna set up a board meeting. So Lola went about her job after her task list was written, started setting up the boardroom. And then Clueless Carrie walked in and immediately sat down at the boardroom table that Lola was preparing and just started eating her lunch and quickly fulfilling her Facebook doom scrolling. And Lola, not knowing who Carrie was, didn't know how to introduce herself or really where to go. So she sat debating, what should I do? Do I tell her to like kick rocks or do I just wait till someone shows up? So Lola, as she stood there debating, was just absolutely petrified of making the wrong call on her very first day at work until someone else walked into the room and it would be um, Teddy, uh, Tedderson and Teddy Tedderson <laughs> walked into the room and took one look at Clueless Carrie and said, oh, Madam CEO, I am so glad that you're here. Um, I have a ham sandwich. Would you trade me that PB&J? And that's the end. <laughs> nice twist. Great times um, names. Yeah, we I were really bad at thinking of names on the flight. We so missed the mark on that. It's like, we might as well just turn but that time off. you know what? Off. We make the rules, so it's okay. We yeah. do, yeah. and it was a good story. It was a great story. And if that was storytelling in under five minutes, that was a full mic drop event. I, I agree. It really was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. Well, this was super fun. So thank you, Stephanie, for joining us here on Storytelling Saves the World. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and or SoundCloud and give us a review. And if you have an idea for our podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. That's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs>